Greetings and welcome to another episode of Credo Podcast, the place where if you're a relativist, you might be surprised to find out there is this thing called Catholic truth. I'm Father Peter Duganzik. Have you ever run into someone who tries to shoot you down by telling you not to judge them? I bet you have. I think everybody's had it nowadays. And I think it's something that we need to appreciate a little bit more. And I think we need to discuss it. And so today's episode, I'd like to just get into that a little bit. But before we get started, just a reminder that if you're listening to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening, please feel free to subscribe. And if you like what you hear, share it with those like your family and friends so that we can get the word out. As always, I'd like to begin with a quick prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God Almighty, source of all wisdom, you impart your wisdom to us and give us the power of reason so that in this life we can always ascend to you and understand the truths that you have revealed. We come before you then humbled and understanding that we are always going to fall short, but even though we fall short, your wisdom is still there for us and we can always grow from it. And so we ask you now to bless us with your spirit, fill our hearts with knowledge of you, and let us always grow ever closer to you who are Lord forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, a, a lot of times, like as I, as I think about things that go on in my life, one of, the, the, one of the things that you see quite a bit nowadays that has grown out of the toleration crowd, the tolerate crowd, the coexist crowd, is this whole fighting that they, they put up, this, this resistance that they put up. Anytime you try to make a qualitative statement about something or someone, and they jump on this bandwagon because they say, you know, like, like, how dare you judge? How dare you judge me? How dare you? And I have to say, well, no, I, I, I don't judge people. I'll be the first to say it. I, I do my best. Now, do, do we all occasionally slip once in a while? We do. But I do my best. I don't want to judge the soul. I can't judge the soul. That's, that's God's domain. But think about this. We always say that there are things that are revelatory. So God has revealed himself to human beings. God has given us revelation. We call them the, the, the scriptures. God has given us wisdom and reason so that we can grow in that wisdom and reason to understand that there are certain structures that exist that were created by God that aren't necessarily seen by human eyes but can be understood by human reason. These are the things that we call objective truths. And in the objective order, things are revealed to us so that we can understand whether or not it is in, um, in the mind of God and part of God's plan or not. Now bring into that a human person. God created a human person. As St. John Paul II said so many times in his Theology of the Body, the human body, the body reveals a person. And so when you look at the human body, you see a human person. So you can make a judgment when you see a human body that there's a human person there. That's a truth. No matter how that person thinks or acts or does or what, the inherent dignity of a human person is revealed by the body that we can see. We may not be able to see spirit, but we certainly can see body. And so the soul of that being has inherent dignity associated with it. But now also, too, when we observe and we watch certain things, so God has revealed certain things to us. He's given us certain um, things like thou shalt not kill. 
thou shalt not kill. Now, as a command of God, that's a reminder to us about a lot of things, not just physical killing of somebody, but character killing, anger, the, the different things that can be associated with that commandment. And we have discerned this through reason that there are certain actions that will violate that truth, thou shalt not kill. So there are certain actions. So we see somebody, and, and again, the action always has to be understood in relation to the person and the acting person. The action itself, when someone goes out of their way and intentionally kills another person, can I or can I not make a judgment on the action, that the action committed was a grave evil? That the action committed, so someone kills an innocent human being, someone just in a depraved manner kills an innocent human being. I can say that their action is a grave moral evil. That is a judgment being made, but it's being made on the act. The act has been revealed because of its object, and we know in its object that when you kill an innocent human person, it is intrinsically disordered and always a grave moral evil. Now notice in all the words that I've used about this, I have not condemned the person. I am not passing judgment on their soul. I can say to that person, that kind of act could lead to your damnation. I can say that that kind of act could be a reason you end up one day in hell. But I can't say inside of their heart that they, have, that you, that they will be condemned on the last day. I can say to them, repent of these evils. Stop committing these evils. Stop doing these things because the act itself goes against the objective order as established by God. And this is a, a, a real extreme because I, I wanted to use something that could be kind of obvious. Even when we get into the debates about abortion, euthanasia, and all of these other things, where there's a lot more subtlety in the arguments and people will try to come back with a lot of things, the reality is we have to judge the act committed by a person and we're putting a judgment on the action that was taken. The same can be true of things that reveal what's inside of a person. So take, for instance, the conversation I had last week with Randy when we were talking about applause at Mass. Some people reacted to it by saying, you can't judge what's going on inside of me. Well, that's true. I'm not inside of you, and I can agree with you. However, what comes out of you can reveal what's going on inside of you. So it's not something that's just an idle thing that one day we just decide we're going to say that, well, what you just did was wrong. Because ultimately, well, I don't know what's going on inside of you. However, if at the end of a mass, mass you turn around and you applaud the choir, well, I guess I can make a judgment on that act that you're giving praise to the people who are just singing. I don't think that that's a far-fetched kind of a thing. But I can also then say the statement, but isn't the Mass, isn't our time in church reserved for giving all praise and glory to God? So the question is asked, the question is out there. We, we need to understand that that question is a legitimate question because, yes, the Mass is not ours, and we cannot, in a relativistic manner, do anything that would go against the order established by God. And God has called us in the first commandment, you shall have, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. You shall have no other gods beside you. So in the objective order then, God is asking us to always give him the praise that is due, due to his being. This is an understanding of the virtue of justice. 
So when someone then commits an action, and I'm not saying that maybe it, that it's sinful, but just in a challenging kind of way of saying, the act that I just saw transgresses the first commandment. It goes against our call to praise God by praising human beings instead of praising him when we have the opportunity. Well, that's a question that has to be asked. I, I think that this has become one of those techniques that people like to use. You know, you must tolerate another person. You must let the other person be who they are. You, sh you should not call them out or do anything like that. Well, a lot of these things after a little while really become a bit of a problem because it begs the question, okay, well, at what point then can we stop pointing out errors? At what point then can we stop asking the hard question? At what point then do we say that, well, you know, that whole fraternal correction out the window, forget those, those, um, you know, those works of charity, all of these things that we were supposed to do. So I want to be clear. There are times when any one of us can look at something and see a problem. There are times that any one of us can see something that someone's doing and see a problem. We have to make a judgment. We have to judge the actions that we see based on what we see, but be very careful to not play God. That's the key right there. We don't know. Like, you know, like if you look at the history of the church, we have people that we are proclaimed as saints in heaven because based on their life of virtue up until the time of death, we were able to do the examination and see very clearly that this person lived a life consummate with what it would take to get into heaven. We look at people that are notorious sinners who die in their notorious sin, and we have never, ever in the history of the church ever proclaimed that soul in hell by name. Now think about that for a second. When it comes to making a judgment, we can't appreciate the power of God's mercy enough to say that maybe, just maybe, without our eyes seeing it, there was a repentance in that soul that we didn't perceive. We can say with utmost confidence that the actions that they committed, possibly up until the moment of death, could be grave moral evils that would be grave moral evil enough to say you can't get into heaven with that on your soul. But we don't know specifically, we don't know in any depth the power and strength of God's mercy and whether or not the last act committed by that person was one of imploring that mercy and receiving it. So no, I'm not making a judgment on your final disposition after death. Either you will be going to heaven or you will be going to hell. I can't make that judgment because I don't know. But I can, in fraternal love for another, in fraternal charity to another, be able to say the, the, the way you're acting, the things you are doing go against the objective order of God and not making a judgment on your soul, but I'm making a judgment on your actions out of love for you. I hope and pray that I can help you to stop committing those actions, to not keep doing those things, lest you end up unrepentant in death. These are the things that I think, you know, the, the, these techniques of trying to do, deflect so that, you know, let me keep looking at my pornography. Let me keep using my drugs. Let me keep doing what I want. Who, who, how are you to judge me? I'm not judging you, but I can judge by your actions what I see. And based on what God has revealed in the objective order, I can then say, yeah, this is problematic or that's problematic. And if it remains unrepentant and unchanged, could, could end up in damnation. 
And nobody wants to see that. I love you too much to want to see that. I couldn't imagine my father when I was growing up. I couldn't imagine my father saying, you know, don't tell me, you, you know, that I'm not your father and that I can't tell you what, what is good and right to do. I couldn't imagine that. I couldn't imagine my mother ever saying to me, oh, go ahead and do whatever you want. I'll tolerate your behaviors because I know that, you know, you don't, you don't do it with any malice, really. You know, I, I can't judge what's in your heart, even though your actions are showing hateful, angry kinds of things. So my dear brothers and sisters, before we start to use this you can't judge line, I can't judge your soul ultimately, but I can tell by the actions you are committing based on wisdom and revealed truth and uh, the power of reason, I can with some certainty standing in the circle of Catholic truth can say with some certainty that there are actions that when committed are grave moral evils and if unrepentant at the time of death remain a grave moral evil that could be imputed in eternal damnation. Make no mistake, my dear brothers and sisters, it's not making a judgment on you, but when I make the judgment on that action, we need to talk. We need to have conversation. Don't try to shut it down with these pithy little responses Oh, tolerate me. Oh, let me do what I want. Oh, I have free will. Oh, and in the end, with all of that being true, I still have to say, but we need to continue having the conversation because I love you too much to let this continue. And there it is right there. I love you too much. So make sure you continue to love each other. And when you see things, especially in someone you love, that's a destructive behavior, destructive physically, destructive spiritually, destructive mentally. If you see destructive behavior, destructive actions, find a way to lovingly have the conversation. And if someone comes back at you, how dare you judge me? I'm not judging you. I'm making judgment on the actions that I see. And the actions that I see are destructive actions. So... Here's what we need to all start doing. We all need to start first off expanding, expanding our hearts, expanding our minds to receive the beauty of God, to receive the gift of God. All too often, I think we end up in this, this rat race and this, this trap in which we think we, we're okay. Oh yeah, you know, I'm basically a good person. I haven't killed anybody this week. Well, thanks be to God. But that great lie you told is just as as much of a grave moral evil. That million dollars you stole is just as much of a grave moral evil. And so we have to keep asking ourselves, you know, why do we try to measure things against our human standard when God's standard is so much more excellent? God's standard is so much more peace-filled. And when we live by God's standard, our hearts are not restless at all, and we aren't tearing each other apart, tearing the world down, making all sorts of accusations and mistakes against people. And so we ask for the grace to be able to discern the truth, live the truth, and explain the truth to one another. I certainly hope and pray that if you hear my voice right now, that you will commit to praying for me. Please pray for me as I'm praying for you. If you hear my, these words, know that I say a prayer every day for those who listen to this. And so if you're in need of prayer, I'm praying for you. And I ask anybody else who hears, if you think someone needs prayer, pray for them. If you need prayer, ask us and we will continue to pray for you. In the interim then, I ask God to shed his blessings upon you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.